Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing possibilities. And I'm your humble and very ADHD host, Dave DeWitt. Today is a day that I'm going to be answering a listener question. Thank you, listener, for making my job easy. You are truly my hero. The question comes from Louise, and she says, Hi, David. There's something that I'm really struggling with, and I hope you can help. I'm very good at saving. I love watching my savings balance grow, and I have gamified this process in many different ways to make it interesting and exciting. That's great. The problem is that impulse spending kicks in with whatever I'm into at the moment. It could be Lego for adults. That stuff is not cheap. Clothing, shoes, furniture, camera gear. It is too embarrassing to list them all. And suddenly, all of my savings are gone. With the ability to transfer funds between accounts and even between banks so quickly with just a few clicks, I can easily find a way to pay for whatever is waiting in my online cart. The worst part is that at the time, I don't even care that I've rated my savings because I'm so excited about this shiny new thing. Do you have any tips on how I can stop this from happening? I want to cry whenever I think about how much I'd have right now if I just left it all alone. I don't know what is wrong with me or why I do this. Thank you. All right, that's a really great question, Louise. Thank you so much for asking it. First thing I'm gonna tell you, and I understand that this is painful for you and emotional and hard for you, and and I totally understand that, but I do wanna tell you that I want you to potentially disavow yourself from the notion that you're good at saving only because only because if you end up spending all the money that you're saving, then you're not actually saving for the purpose that you are saving, right? So if the purpose of you doing this saving is for you to actually have an emergency fund, to have the security, to be building towards retirement, to be having independence, and to be having the financial peace of mind that actually comes with keeping money, you know, because many kept provides you with the intangibles. If every time you save money, you end up spending it, then the net effect is that you're not actually saving money. You just temporarily are storing up money to spend it. I think by acknowledging that, it may actually help you get past the hump, so to speak, to get past this. Because, because the good side of this all is that you actually have part of the game figured out. Like the very fact that you're able to gamify the process and the fact that you tell me that you love watching your savings balance grow and the fact that you figured out a way to gamify and to make it interesting and exciting, as you say, that means that you are so close. Like you're so close because that is exactly where you need to be. And that is the feeling and the mode and the state of being, financially speaking, that you want to hold on to and continue to be in because that is going to fuel you getting over the hump. The hump being that you sabotage and end up spending the money. I totally relate to this. It's very typical because you save, 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 and that is what you hyper-focus on. So you save, save, save. It's very exciting. It's fun. You watch balances grow. It feels really good. It feels like you're making progress. It's rewarding. It's rewarding your brain, and that's what we want. That's what us ADHDers really always want. We want to be constantly finding stimulation and finding quick rewards, and you're getting that through saving, which is huge. Clearly, though, you're also finding reward and spending on new shiny things that you're interested in. So that's clearly part of the equation that now you need to work on. If things that you're intellectually and logically telling yourself is 
not worth it or you know you shouldn't be doing, but you're doing it anyways, that means to me that's just your next hump. That's the next thing you got to figure out. What allows partially your brain to, and and again I'm saying all these things as though I know this. I'm just saying like you know this might be what's happening. It helps me to sort of speak it in a way that's like you're having this. So you may be having this, but I don't want you to think that I'm like telling you what it is. This is just the way I'm communicating this. Is that once you have all this money saved, subconsciously your brain knows this, right? Your brain knows that now I, Luis, have the ability to buy things without putting myself in debt without putting myself in a hole. And that's freeing and powerful for your brain to know that subconsciously. So when you see the new shiny, exciting thing, whatever thing you're into, you mentioned Legos, you mentioned clothing, shoes, furniture, camera gear. Once you've gone through a saving spell, you know, you've gone through this stretch, maybe it was like, I don't know, two, three, four, five, six, a year stretch of being very focused on saving. And then you see the new shiny thing deep in your subconscious it knows that you can afford to buy this thing without putting yourself in a very stressful hole, meaning you don't, it's not going to put you back in debt. It's not going to make you be on the verge of being evicted you know, or anything terrible. So you know that you're able to sabotage yourself without the worst pain, with some pain ultimately because you're going to feel guilty or shameful about it or whatever it might be. But it lets you do it. Your brain lets you do it. There's not resistance. There's no friction between the decision to buy the thing because you're really into it now, you've got your eyes locked on it, you're going to get it, and it's just happening. The invisible string is pulling you, and it happens. And you're not able to contemplate the consequences or the negative feelings that arise from it until after it's done, which is how so many of us end up getting back to square one. So the problem is there's no friction. Like you said, it's too easy to move from bank accounts to bank account. It's too easy to get money to where it needs to be. And no matter what you're due in terms of structure of you know having separate bank accounts, whatever, if you don't have the friction that I'm about to explain that you need to have, you're going to find a way to do it. It's just the way it goes. Like we just find a way to do the thing that we know we shouldn't do. It makes no sense, but you get it. We get it. People at ADHD, we get it. So how do you stop this from happening? Well, the answer is that you need to create friction like real intrinsic friction between the money you've saved and it leaving you for something that you don't really want or that you don't really need, but you desperately want, but really don't want at all if you were to really think about it. So what I mean is goals, like you need goals. Like it always comes back to goals, but the goal can't be I need six months of emergency fund. I need the goal can't be I need to have three months of savings for an emergency fund. It can't be that I want money for a vacation. It can't be that. That's not enough friction. There's no, there's no real friction there. The vacation in the future is so vague and it's not tangible. It's not real yet. Like, that's nothing real about that. So you got to figure out what are you really saving for? And if it is an emergency fund, then you have to go beyond the emergency fund because that's not going to be enough. A lot of times it's just not enough because emergency funds, no matter how much you can appreciate the intellect behind needing one, you never really feel like you need one until you need one. And usually a lot of times life experience is what ends up making you have one. That's just the way it goes. So you need to go beyond the emergency fund. So you need to figure out what is it that you're saving for. 
Because savings for savings is not going to keep an ADHD or from spending it. So if it's a vacation, it has to be which vacation? Where are you going? What year? Who have you told you're going? If you're saving for a vacation, you have to have a separate account and you have to label that account. For instance, I'm going to Banff to play golf this summer in July, which by the way, if you want a very cheap vacation idea, think about Canada. It's a very good deal because the currency situation, like a 35% discount. But anyways, I've labeled one of my Capital One savings accounts, 2023 summer Banff trip. When I put money in there, that's for something real and tangible that I'm doing in the relative near future. So I don't want to touch that because I want that money for that trip. I can't steal from that. So that's an idea. An idea is really just to, whatever the savings goal is, make it more real. And the challenge does become if you're saving for something you don't know yet, like you don't know what the purpose will be. You need to give it a purpose. So if it's an emergency fund, save for the emergency fund. Think of all the terrible things that would happen if you didn't have an emergency fund or that could happen. So if it's save for the emergency fund, Make sure you label the emergency fund something like financial freedom fund or financial independence fund or screw my boss fund. Like it has to be something that's like very concrete. It has to be very real. It can't just be something random. It can't just be vague. And then alongside saving for the emergency fund, save for something else that actually is exciting. So you're saving for the emergency fund. So maybe you're putting in 300 bucks a month towards that. Then also create a savings goal for something that you want that your ADHD brain wants. It doesn't even need to be something that you need. It doesn't even need to be something that's going to provide you with incredible intrinsic value. You don't even need to align it with your values. Just what is the shiny thing? But save for it and make it something that's like, you know, $1,000 or something or, you know, whatever makes sense for you in your situation and save for that alongside it so that you have something to look forward to. So you're watching that bucket fill up for something that's going to give you the reward at the end of the rainbow. You know, at the end of the rainbow, at the end of saving for the emergency fund, you don't get any reward necessarily, although, you know, of course, I'm going to argue that you do, you know, you get the peace of mind, you get that freedom. But in any given moment, that freedom feels and looks a lot less desirable than the shiny thing. So save for the shiny thing alongside it. And then as soon as you reach that goal, save for a new shiny thing, figure out what shiny thing, but then save for, but then alongside the new shiny thing, save for a down payment for your house or keep investing or for your retirement. And also figure out how much money you actually would need to retire because That number is usually a lot bigger than you think, and it can help motivate you. You also may want to explore sort of if there's any psychological subconscious reasons why you you like to let money leave you when you have it. There sometimes can be things if you look back to your childhood, if you look back to your culture, if you look back to your ancestors, the way that your parents treated money, the way that your grandparents were with money. If there's any kind of poverty mindset there, a lot of times we are subconsciously been ingrained in our systems to resent money very subconsciously and be able to give it away. So you can look into that or just think about that, you know, and explore, just explore that that sort of possibility that there's something about the way you were raised culturally, um, family history type things. You mentioned that at the time you do this, you don't even care that you've rated your savings. Yes, it, and, and it's very hard to care that you've, that you've rated your savings if you don't, again, specifically know what the savings was for and what the savings was giving you. Also, if you have enough savings for an emergency fund, you know, consider reading up on investing and understanding that because once you put money into investments, it's much harder to take it back. Um, It's not, I mean, you can take it back, but that does create more friction. That's just something that you can think about as well. But overall, I think 
the idea of saving for the important stuff, like the emergency fund, for the upcoming expenses and for retirement and investing and for a down payment for your first home, whatever it may be, doing those things which are important and letting that wealth build and build and build. But then let yourself practice saving for things that you want, where you get that reward. I think that's important and will help you. And listen, I, four years ago, was spending my face off. Like, I lost complete control of myself. I I was in a bad place spending-wise. It was bad. And, and like I had mentioned before, when I first got out of college on my first job, I was very frugal and very good at saving as well. And then I just lost my way when I bought my house because it triggered something in me that just wanted to create of this lifestyle that I just could not afford, but I just was so hellbent on it that I just did it without ever stopping to think, and it just blew me up. And then during my sort of low points that stretched out probably around a year, I felt awful guilty and ashamed about the situation I had gotten myself in, the debt that I had gotten myself in, and the struggle, the day, the, the month-to-month, paycheck-to-paycheck, like, just grind. And it was during that weakness that weak period in my life that I was still continuously spending because I was just kind of miserable in a sense. And so I continued to find shiny new things and constantly keep buying. And for me, it was a lot of it was self-soothing. It really, really, truly was. And I had to go through that, I think. Part of me had to go through that to learn to, to fully feel the full pain of it all. You know, and I am proud to say that my impulsive spending has been evaporated. I mean, I genuinely have trained my muscle, my say no muscle to such an extent where I have no problem at all just absolutely saying no to things. Because for the past year and a half of working with people with ADHD, I've also been thinking, you know, I've been learning about people and and seeing their issues and seeing their problems and seeing the struggles that they're having and seeing the things that they're purchasing and the ways they're getting themselves in trouble. And And a lot of times it's just the same script over and over and over again. We just haven't put in the time to think about our future. There's a direct correlation between the amount of time that you think about your future and what you actually want to create and what you want to have and the life you want to build. You have one life. You have one chance to make your life a financially successful one. So the more you think about you waking up in five years looking around you and seeing what is around you. How do you feel? How much money is in your bank account? How much, what do you have? What kind of car do you have? What kind of house do you have? Do you have kids? Do you not have kids? Are you getting close to retirement? Are you on track for retirement? You have to make that picture so dang vivid that you become ridiculously grounded in what you want. And then it makes day-to-day choices so much easier because you realize how little it matters how insignificant these shiny things really are. They are nothing and they should not, and we should not give in to them because we deserve better. I'm telling you, it takes time to think, time when you set up, when you, when you work a budget, you have to work it. And I'm sorry to tell you all, now I'm just kind of, I'm preaching or I'm ranting. There is no hack. There's simply no ADHD money hack. There are several things that can help you over the short term. There's several things that can make it more interesting. But at the end of the day, you have to spend the time thinking about your goals, what you actually want. You have to put in, the, even if you don't understand numbers, even if numbers are hard for you, 
you have to put in the amount of time that it takes to figure out what is the number that you need to come up with. There's financial calculators online. There's ways to do this. You need to download a budgeting app. You need to keep working at it until you get it. You need to keep opening that app until it becomes muscle memory where you pick up your phone and your fingers just go to the the app. That is where you have to get. And once you get there, and you're tracking your expenses, and you know your goals, and you're watching bank accounts fill up towards specific goals, and you're feeling excited, it's rewarding. Like I tell my clients all the time, the only reason why you're avoiding looking at your finances is because you know it's bad. The only reason why, because there's no reward for it. There's only pain and shame. So if you download some budgeting app, and you set it up, and you look at it every single day for a month, even if you're blowing yourself up, just look at it every single day. Watch it blow up. And then when you get to the end of the month, reset your budget. How much money are you going to make this month? How much are you going to spend? Go again. Next month, set it up. Go again. Every time you pick up your phone, open up the app. Refresh it. New transactions come in. Categorize them. Check how on track you are. Put it down. Next time you go to the store or you're driving and you stop at the grass station and you want to go in and get a drink, you looked at your budget that morning. And you know that you're where you're at. So you have the working knowledge because it was recently enough to say, no, I don't need, I, it's not, I'm not, 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 not this month. I went a little bit off the, uh, the question here, but um, this is just things that I guess I have on my mind. I'm living proof that someone with ADHD can figure this out. Does it help that I work with people or I'm, this is, I've made this my career and that I, yes, it does help. It helps a lot. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of it. But the key to financial freedom for people with ADHD is knowing yourself and doing what it takes. Because if you get your finances together and you get on track, it will enable all of the rest of your life to also improve. Because if you improve your finances and learn how to save and stop buying dumb stuff, then you can have enough money left over to address the other areas in your life that are struggling because money does not bring happiness, but it can enable it. It can help you supplement weak areas in your life. It can save you time if you're able to afford things like house cleaning or something because you're saving money. You're not buying so much food and stuff. That saves you time. That gives you peace of mind. And then you have a clean kitchen you can cook in. So sometimes there's like a knock-on effect. So regardless, all I'm trying to say is rant over. Have a great day. Thank you, Luis, for the question. It was a good one. Take care now. 